The Gospel lesson is written in the fourth chapter of Matthew, beginning at the 13th verse. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulon and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light, and for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death on them, a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. In May, I hosted a tour of Israel for a small group of travelers. What a rich experience of faith we shared on this trip. Visiting the places mentioned in Scripture deepened our understanding. We read both Old and New Testament passages at the spots where the events happened. We were drawn near to the truths of God. Would you expect Nazareth to be a flat and dusty village with the natives selling trinkets to tourists? Well, today, Nazareth is a bustling city with high-rise apartment complexes and crowded streets. Fortunately, a historical recreation open-air museum called Nazareth Village helped us imagine the Nazareth of Jesus' day. In Jerusalem, we visited the church built over the sites of Christ's crucifixion and resurrection, the most holy places in Christendom. We waited in a long line with hundreds of others to go into a small stone structure that surrounds the location of the tomb where our Lord was laid and rose again. A staff member at that church hurried us through the place to keep the line moving. So as I knelt for a short prayer at the spot, the staff person was urging me and others to move along. He slapped the wall to get our attention while rushing us through. It was not ideal. But the wall slapper became a running joke as we continued our touring. I have many stories to tell you about this trip, but I won't be sharing them all this morning. If I tried, all of you might want to get up and slap the wall. 
You will continue to hear more stories and lessons from Israel when I preach and teach classes in the months to come. Today's sermon focuses on one of the sites we visited on the tour, the town of Capernaum. This photo captures sunrise on the Sea of Galilee. I took this picture with my phone from the balcony of my hotel room. And yes, it really is this beautiful. Later that morning, we took a boat ride out on the water in a boat like the one in the picture. Our hotel was in the town of Tiberias on the western shore, about midway up the coastline. You can see it here. Just a short drive up the coast on the northern tip of the Sea of Galilee lies Capernaum. Remember that location. It'll be important in a minute. One of the things most striking to travelers in Israel is the physical, tactile reality of Scripture, the evidence of the history recorded in our Bibles. Visiting the actual places described in the accounts provides a clear backdrop and often a gripping new understanding of the biblical text. Today I'm going to share with you some of the insights which have flowed from this visit. You're seeing here the ruins of the small town of Capernaum, located in the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. Many folks don't grasp just how pivotal this village of Capernaum was in Christ's life. It was the town where Simon Peter, Andrew, James, and John lived, and it served as Jesus' home base during his ministry. After his baptism by John in the Jordan River, followed by 40 days in the wilderness, Jesus leaves Nazareth, the town where he grew up, and lives in Capernaum. We read in Matthew 4.13 that leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea. That sea, of course, is the Sea of Galilee. The Gospels record many events in Capernaum. Only the great city of Jerusalem is the setting of more stories in the Gospels than this key village of Capernaum. What you see here are the remnants of the small rectangular stone houses in the village. The volcanic stone of this area is the primary building material. You can see here the lower portions of the stone walls still standing, although the upper walls and wood-timbered roofs are long gone. Here's a drawing of what the village would have looked like in the first century. The town plan has small homes built adjoining one another. The Sea of Galilee's shoreline is only a few yards from these houses, so fishing's an important part of life here. The layout of Capernaum is very similar to old Pueblo Indian ruins we see around New Mexico, with each family's house connected with that of their neighbors. The difference is in Capernaum, 
the structures are made from stone rather than adobes. These are the houses that Peter and Andrew, James and John, two pairs of brothers, lived in. When Jesus calls them to join him, they're just regular guys out fishing in the Sea of Galilee and repairing their nets, living in an unassuming village. Jesus calls them to be the first of his disciples, fishers of men. This is one of the most famous bits of scripture, and it takes place at the shoreline of Capernaum. Now, here's a portion of the gospel lesson I read just a couple minutes ago. Do you see how both pairs of brothers react immediately to his call? The call to follow him is all about the power of God, a power so compelling that they immediately follow. Note that the father of James and John, Zebedee, is left sitting in the boat alone. Here's another view of the Capernaum ruins from an angle that allows you to view the Sea of Galilee in the background. So, Jesus comes here to live with them. Scripture makes clear this is Jesus' adopted hometown now. Mark 2.1 tells us, And when Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported he was at home. In John 6.24, we read of crowds seeking Jesus. And where do they naturally go? To Capernaum expecting to find him there. When the scriptures tell us that the disciples react immediately to his call, it tells us something about their hearts. In other passages, the word immediately clues us into geographic proximity. In Mark 1.29, we read about a moment in Capernaum. Here it is. And immediately... He left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now here's an insight to be gleaned from actually visiting Capernaum. Jesus could go immediately from the synagogue to Peter's house because it was just a stone's throw away. And here's an aerial view to help you see that. In the lower portion of the photo, the large rectangular marble structure is the 4th century synagogue at Capernaum. It's built on the remaining foundations of the synagogue that stood in Jesus' day. The stones of that older synagogue, which are the same volcanic stone as the houses in the village, are, are still visible today as the base for the later white marble structure here. So just think about that. Part of the synagogue at Capernaum where Jesus worshipped with his disciples, where he read scripture and taught, can still be seen today in the foundations below this structure. You can also see here house ruins clustered around the synagogue, which would have been the center of life in the village. I expect some of you are wondering about the UFO hovering at the top center of the photo. Did you notice that? 
It's a modern church. It floats on stilts above Peter's house. The church has a glass floor, so it's possible to look down into the house of Peter below. Now, look at how close Peter's house is to the synagogue. No wonder Jesus could go there immediately from the synagogue as described in Mark 1.29. While scripture tells us that Peter lived in Capernaum and Jesus could have quickly traveled to every house in the village, you might wonder how anyone knows which particular house is Peter's. Were you thinking that? Well, this particular site, named as Peter's house, has a long history. Excavations found fishing implements and second century graffiti naming Peter in this house. In addition, this spot is marked as an early house church with wall plaster mentioning Jesus as Lord and Christ. A series of notable churches have been built over this spot since the 500s. It's the only place in town to have this reputation. Nearly 2,000 years of historical testimony and archaeological remains attest to a very high probability that this really is the site of Peter's house. So here's a ground-level look across the houses to that modern church, which today floats over Peter's house. We know Jesus was in Peter's house, within its walls in Capernaum. In that house, Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law. Yes, Peter was married. That's in Mark 1 also. The Apostle Paul confirms that other apostles had wives too. You can read about that in 1 Corinthians 9, 5. So don't imagine a group of lonely single guys roaming together. Instead, after the resurrection of Christ and Pentecost, these men will travel and witness alongside believing wives. These men, Peter, Andrew, James, and John among them, have regular lives with family connections and responsibilities. So in scripture, we come across these everyday details that underscore the reality of how they lived. Yet their ordinary lives were touched by the mystical and divine. In the presence of God incarnate, they touched Christ, heard his voice, ate with him in this place. Jesus Christ is truly God and truly man, two natures in one person. We worship the living God who took on human flesh, who walked among us, teaching, healing, and embracing the brokenness of humanity. The incarnate deity touched the people who lived here. He lived with them, rejoiced with them, and grieved with them. Here in this spot, surrounded by these stones, Jesus and the disciples called this home. They knew these stone walls, 
and reclined around low tables inside the walls to eat. They walked the paths between the houses, and these silent stones echoed their voices when they passed by. As the traveler visits today, there's a real sense of lingering presence and words on the wind. Christ and his first followers were here, breathing this air, eating the fish in these waters, stepping inside to sleep at night. This is the place, the place where the first disciples answered his call. The call of Christ draws those disciples to him. They were just doing their work, but they are called to a new life, walking in his footsteps. He calls you today, just as he called those inhabitants of Capernaum in ages past. And our Lord knows each of us just as intimately. Faith is always a gift of our Lord. He calls us through his word, and to him alone goes the glory when we follow that call. Today we see the stones that surrounded Jesus in his ministry. We have this inspiring, rock-solid evidence remaining, though 2,000 years have passed. And this is not just true at Capernaum, but many other places in the Holy Land as well. Here's John 20, 31. These are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The Gospels are historical accounts written down so that you may know the truth and believe. Our God works faith in the hearts of believers through his word. I encourage you to open that word and read the history for yourself. Amen.